You're right. Yeah, I'm okay? just thinking about this being the lead into us trying to be funny. <laughs> and it's like we it, like to start off with some soft nuclear war discussion yeah. and then that really just gets the comedy juices flowing. I feel like what's really profound to me is that what kicked off that discussion was a small excerpt from Emily Dickinson. <laughs> You're not wrong. There's two things I know about Emily Dickinson. She liked to drink, yep. and she loved nuclear war. Yeah, at least the theory behind uh, it. At, at yeah. least the theory. Yeah, it's it permeates all of her literature. I yeah, mean, go ahead, like, like, all right, look let's, at it. We'll let's find, crack it. Yep, you'll let's find go another. Ahead. We'll crack it. Yep. Little bit. Of, all right. Uh, this. So this one I particularly like because it's actually about uh, nuclear uh, deterrent. Okay. <laughs> A coffin is a small domain, yet able to contain a citizen of paradise in its diminished plane. A grave is a restricted breath, yet ampler than the sun, and all the seas he populates and lands he looks upon. To him who on its small repose bestows a single friend, circumference without relief or estimate or end. Okay, so a couple things about that. I don't even want to talk about that poem, but what I want to talk about is at the very beginning of that, what it looked like was you just opened that up and found that. And so if you've actually read that before and you quickly like flip to that page, that's amazing. <laughs> I did not. If that was random, that's equally amazing. That was random. That was completely <laughs> random. Yeah. We told you. Emily Dickinson. Emily Dickinson. Super mopey. Yeah. <laughs> She had. She wrote a lot about death. Yeah. People, people yeah. don't. I mean, I think. Well, what else did people do in the 1800s? She was alive in the 1800s. Is that right? Uh, yeah. So, uh, actually, you're. Not, I mean, if you really think about the things people did in the 1800s, she was big on like gardening and nature. Okay. Sure. All right. Uh, and death. And and then yeah, you 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 were born. You learned how to grow food. Maybe yep. if you had that resource available to yep. you, and then you died. Yep. Usually, usually in a sad, really sad way. <laughs> usually a very sad yeah. young death. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And if you lived a long time, you just spent your time thinking about when you were going to die. Yeah, that's true. I think that's why people were so eager for like things like world wars because they were just like, "Get me out of here!" <laughs> oh my gosh. What am I? Forty? Jeez. All my friends are dead already. I gotta sit here. Cold. I gotta sit here. I'm listening to a 12-year-old tell me about what it's like to mine ore. Like I haven't heard that before. I'm the one that passed in the shovel. <laughs> right after I dug a grave. Welcome to We Took the Liberty, a podcast where we discuss our mediocre lives, ruminate on the weird and funny parts of our day-to-day, -day, and explore some of our favorite places and activities in Lexington, Kentucky. I'm Logan Trent, and with me now and forevermore, Ben Anderson. Ben, what's happening? Uh, I am... I'm just going to cut straight to the chase. And I think I've done this a little bit lately because I'm tired of the pleasantries. Oh, okay. I feel like we're we're comfortable with each other now. Yeah. And uh, after a quick hello, mm -hmm. I just want your hot take yep. on the final coming up on Sunday okay. in the World Cup. In the World, World Cup, Cup final. It's Great. France. It's Argentina. Yeah. Um, and I just want I want to know because uh, because my understanding is that. Um, the World Cup final. Yeah, uh, that the teams are allowed to use weapons from antiquity, 
to yes, defeat each yes. other. Yeah. The <laughs> if that were true, the idea of a of of a bunch of Frenchmen coming in with Frankish blades against yes. well, Argentine. I don't even know what they would they used in antiquity. Like, but that is not a fair fight. Like, I'll well, be so, really honest. And this is what I think because, and that's why it's so difficult for there to be back to back winners mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you know you sort of get like a lay of the land for what the other team is going to use. Right. Um, and I know uh, last you know four years ago France used siege weaponry. They did to win. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there was rumors this year that they were going to use cigarettes and bicycles (laughs) and cigarettes and bicycles and just hit each other with baguettes yeah 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 which you know the baguettes predictable um but once you force your opponent to smoke a whole pack of cigarettes at once yeah i'm also kind of thinking about it with like an odd job situation instead of throwing a hat it's a beret they just like throw it it just cuts the head off of the opponent berets are deceptively sharp they are they're very sharp um if you've ever looked at a beret you think there's some sharp edges there i'm just not seeing yeah it looks like a floppy hat for silly you know (laughs) but for silly people but really you have to have sort of the panache of a frenchman to pull it off have you seen the the mummy with brendan fraser okay do you remember the little key that they had that would pop open and they would like turn on the sarcophagus on that Mm -hmm. i'm imagining that for a beret so it looks like what it is (laughs) but when they like flip it over it like (laughs) like a bunch of little sharp edges pop out (laughs) yeah yeah it's also used to open wine bottles if you don't have a wine key Yeah. yeah yeah which which i think you're assigned at birth in france is you're given a wine key yep which yeah, is what true. they're called in America. It's, right? called, it's called uh, it's called your birthright. You're right. I think um, I don't have any jokes about Argentina. Yeah, so I I don't either. Actually, like you would think, I would have one in the chamber. I do not. And yeah, I think it's partially born out of the fact that I've heard anecdotes about uh, soccer, football mm-hmm. in in South America. Right, and. It they those anecdotes frighten me. Yeah, and there, so there's violence. There, there's <laughs> violence in South America. We won't go any deeper than that. But it's it's not a good situation. Yeah. Um, so the intensity yeah. with which they play, uh, I think they just play so hard. Yeah. That they don't need weapons. Right. <laughs> That's true. There's gonna be one team out there on bikes with Frankish blades and berets, and there's gonna be another team just playing soccer so hard that it just is dizzying to the French. That you'll just look up. over, and there will be a dismembered Frenchman in the middle of the field. You won't know what happened. It's like what happened to him. He got dribbled real hard by Messi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he cut his own head off. That's actually that's why they call him Messi. <laughs> It's a double entendre. Oh my gosh. Uh, but if we put jokes to the side for just a moment. Yeah, go ahead. Actually, here, let's hear your real hot take. Yeah, I, so my I do real hot take know. about it is I think this is a 50-50 team. Mm. Like, they both could absolutely win. Um, just because of the talent they both have. And I, I, I think the edge, though... I have to give it to Argentina because they have this wave of good vibes coming from the world. Like people want Messi to win. 
And I just those intangibles are what I think is going to change the game. But I could be completely wrong, and and again, those Frankish blades could take over. You never Plus, know. France has a very handsome gentleman named Olivier Giroud, who yeah. who is the epitome of like a like a Carolingian king. Like <laughs> it is like it is like he's hard very to miss. Much. Yeah. Um, if you if you don't know who we're talking about, just like just real quick, Google like. Uh, France World Cup and just like click images. He'll probably just, be like the first just or second handsome image. French soccer player. And if, <laughs> I, if it's not the first thing that comes up, then I will be shocked. And so. I, I would also be shocked. Yeah, it's it's quite remarkable. Oh um, my goodness! Uh, what's your favorite holiday drink? What my favorite holiday drink? Um, the first thing that comes to mind is eggnog. Oh, okay. Um, is that is the first thing that comes to mind, or is that the first thing like you like? Um, it's the first thing that comes to mind okay. because I consider that sort of a strictly holiday drink. Okay, but I will say that in my family, yeah, um, which is Viking by heritage, sure. uh, the blood of our enemies is often <laughs> consumed during a holiday festival. mixed with a bit of mead, and then yeah, <laughs> yeah that really gives naturally. It the, yeah. Sorry. I assumed that when I said that, everyone would know, like, right. oh, so the blood of your enemies mix, mixed with mead. Right. Um, but you're right. Not everybody yeah. knows that tradition. That was actually the original. <laughs> that was actually the original recipe for a Shirley Temple. <laughs> yeah. Notorious Viking Shirley Temple. That's right. Yeah, Shirley Temple. Um, and then instead of cherries, you know, you just you just drop the eyes right in there. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, and it's quite charming. It sounds gruesome, but it really has that like it that bright red pop. It you sounds know? gruesome, but you got to take it back to the context. If you're back in Viking days, <clears throat> like that truly is just a nice like end of slaughter, end of day slaughter treat to just yeah. blood, mead, eyeball. That's right. Yeah, put you right out. Yeah, you just you kick your feet up on the, you know a burning you know pylon of a village square and uh, yeah, and you just sip a little bit of the blood of your enemies yeah. out of a skull and talking you're... to your buddy Jagen Jagenson over here <laughs> and which that is his name Jagen Jagenson <clears throat> yeah Jagen Jagen Jagenson yep. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, you guys are just talking about all those wonderful days of killing monks and stealing gold from Christians. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> That's what I think of when I think of holiday drinks. <laughs> Me too. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I do think... Yeah, you sparked something when you said that uh, about the eggnog, not about the uh, blood of your enemies. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think that is the first thing that comes to mind, but I can't stand eggnog. Like, and, and then I couldn't imagine even then putting liquor in eggnog. Like, yeah. yeah. Have you ever done that before, though? No, I have not. Oh, I've well, had then... just regular eggnog and no thank okay. you. Well, then you gentleman... haven't had real eggnog. <laughs> oh, okay. Because, my, I mean, I thought, I, I always thought, like, oh, eggnog is this, like, is like heavy whipping cream with spices in it. Right. And an egg somewhere. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I've learned since then that like eggnog, traditional eggnog is actually made with like whiskey or some kind of alcohol. Oh, okay. I was going to ask what liquor you actually like, put into it. But, like, yeah. uh, in Kentucky, bourbon, of course. Uh, yeah, you put bourbon in everything. You yeah. put bourbon in margaritas. <laughs> if you put bourbon in gin and tonics, like it's just yeah, the That's standard. A, yeah, standard. <laughs> you do call it a gin and tonic. Oh yeah, but it has bourbon. In it's it. assumed that yeah, yeah. Um, 
I saw a gentleman at Kroger the other day that had six gallons of eggnog. And wow. I thought, this man is going to die by the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I immediately assumed he was drinking all of it. Like, you don't even have to put alcohol in there. If you consumed no. six yeah. gallons of eggnog, it would stop your heart. If, full if, stop. You, if you consumed six glasses of eggnog, <laughs> it would stop your heart. Like you said, it's heavy whipping cream with, with eggs. Oh, with oof. eggs. So, speaking of drinks that you drink during the holidays, a friend, a mutual friend of ours sent me um, this, this YouTube video of a bartender making this drink. And, um, and the drink's ingredients are an entire ounce of bitters. Okay. Which, it, for those who don't know, bitters are usually the things you drop a couple drops into a glass. Ounce of bitters, a whole ounce of bitters. I think that's the kind of stuff that like fifties crooners would have. <laughs> yes. Like they were like, "Give me an ounce of bitters and have keep my- them coming." <laughs> <laughs> but sir, it'll kill you. I said, "Keep them coming." Keep them coming. It's either that or the cigarettes, baby. <laughs> I gotta go to sing Jingle Bells <laughs> and bring me a piano. It's a diner, sir. Wheel it in through the front door. I don't care. Yeah, and bring the big band in with you. (laughs) Don't spare the cymbals. (laughs) Drunk full of cymbals. (laughs) So this drink has it has an ounce of bitters. It has a shot of espresso. Okay. It has a little bit of like a simple syrup, and a whole egg. Oh. A whole egg, a not whole, egg whites. Not like, egg whites. Whoa. You cracked the whole sucker in there. Oh, man. And I watched this, and I watched this guy shake this drink and pour it in a glass. And, of course, it looks, you know, it, it basically looks like a big foamy glass of hot chocolate. So yeah. it looks delicious. Sure. And I was looking at it, and I thought, you know, I, I never thought that I would look at a beverage and think to myself, you know, the least flavorful thing in there is a whole egg. Yes. I was going to say, looking at it and just thinking, the yellow part of the egg is in there. <laughs> <laughs> and I just can't get past yeah. it. And Oh yeah, yeah, I haven't made it. <laughs> I, I don't even know where I'd begin. I'd like crack an egg into a glass and be like, am I really doing yeah. this? I'm pretty yeah. sure there's like a Portlandia skit about this exact thing. Like some mixologist <laughs> like making some ridiculous drink yeah. with a whole egg and probably like bat blood in it or something like that. <laughs> you, you need the whole egg to calm down the flavor. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We've now mentioned two drinks that we could make with blood <laughs> in them. And, and, egg. and egg. And two drinks of egg. <laughs> What uh, are we doing? What are we even talking about? So, um, so taking it away from blood yes. and eggs. Yeah, please. Um, a, the traditional uh, beverage mm-hmm. of Christmas in my family home yep. is actually root beer. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Um, in the, I don't know how this tradition began, but uh, my great uncle, so my grandfather's brother, mm-hmm. <clears throat> he would uh, make. Uh, root beer. Oh, okay. And it, yeah. he would like seal it in glass bottles and like with wax, you know, seals on the top. Yeah. Um, and we would have root beer at Christmas time. I really appreciate that because I think a lot of people 
here can remember like canning with their grandmother yeah. and that kind of thing and, and you've got like a different like but similar experience of like waxing the bottle of uh, of root beer yeah and then of course you'd always like you'd be watching him pour and he'd like be pouring a little bit in there and you're just hoping that like some of that wax doesn't like crumble yeah. off into your glass he's like no it's good for you <laughs> it's good fiber it really just clears yeah. you out so yeah, because everything that we didn't like to eat as mm-hmm. children was good for us. Yeah, right. Like eat the cru- eat the crust of that bread; it's good for you. That's true. That's a great point. Yeah, anything that we didn't want was actually the thing that was most nutritious. You got to eat the skin of the apple. It's it's got all the nutrients. <laughs> That's right. There's never been anything made that it's just like, oh, you've got to eat all of those chicken nuggets. I was like, oh, I've got to eat all <laughs> oh, no. of these. You better eat those chicken bones. It's the best part. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Um, Eat those peanut shells. <laughs> it's got all the nutrients. I really enjoy I really enjoy a good, like, Irish coffee this oh, time of year. Okay. Like, I think, uh, I think which, you know, yeah. <laughs> my Irish heritage. <laughs> yeah, there we you have go. a deep sadness, so we can't, <laughs> can't, can't get away from you, that. You can't just drink coffee That's because right. that might make you feel good. That might, yeah. we got to put some booze in this. <laughs> you got to drown that, sad, gotta that lean, happiness. you got to lean on into yeah. that sadness. So Yeah, if it's sunny for too long, it's going to rain eventually. <laughs> right. And we will burn immediately. <laughs> so to lead us a little deeper into the Christmas spirit, mm-hmm. yes, please. Uh, we all know that people are going to be hosting other people in their homes, or they're going to be hosted. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there, there are things that we need to think about when we're hosting other people or being hosted. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was brought to mind for me because we had some friends of ours visit us, uh, and they stayed in our home for eight days. Okay. Which is a long time for someone to stay that, in your house. That is a long time. Um, that, and, let me just commend you. That is very noble and kind to do that. And I think, for me, my initial thought is I'm I'm a very extroverted person, so I do think about that in a way that's like, oh, that, wouldn't that be great to have your friends over and hang out for like that extended period of time? But but I can already kind of sense that there is a labor <laughs> that takes place over that because they have their life and routine, yeah. you have your life and routine, yeah. and so like, yeah. So sorry, go ahead. No, and. The, I think that's just it. Is these are friends of ours who are dear friends. They've been friends of ours for for sixteen plus years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and they they've they've lived in Florida for quite some time. Okay. Um, and before that, it still you know never lived in Kentucky. So this is the longest we've ever been around each other since college. Okay. And. It, and it was just, it was wonderful to have them here. But what that meant was that we were up until like midnight every night. Every time, yep. And we have two children, mm-hmm. and they have three children. Yeah. Uh, and so, the, and... and <laughs> just for count, that's five children. That's five children. <laughs> that's five children. That's still, that's one house. Yeah. And the oldest child is five, yeah. and the youngest child is one. So that's five children, Oof, man. basically one to five. Yep. So, 
Um, the children, of course. That that is a firm, active parenting phase right there. <laughs> like I have, I have some friends yeah. that definitely they have older kids, and so like if they had five children there, and the ages are like seven to twelve, you're not actively a, parenting that yeah. whole time. It's a different but, scenario. Yeah, yeah. In that is... scenario, you have children approach you and say, "When when are we going to have dinner?" <laughs> right. Um, I'm Very hungry. Formally, yeah. I'm hungry right now. <laughs> And I would like to eat soon. Yeah. Um, and in in the scenario that we were living in, you would have uh, one child just start weeping uncontrollably, <laughs> and that was that cues you in. And to, you just have to interpret, and, right? Yeah. yeah. It's sort of like watching uh, an interpretive dance. Okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you're like, oh, like the dancer's crying now, like. It's, it must it's, it, has, it must be signaling some traumatic thing. Oh, it's dinner time. Yeah, that's actually a beautiful representation of a very like tough parenting scenario. Is that my child is weeping and I I now get to watch this dance of sadness, <laughs> dance of and, sadness. And, and understand what what needs to happen next in the narrative. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, and it doesn't rule out the possibility that you might also weep. <laughs> That's always a possibility. You can join in the dance. I'm thinking it's definitely like the dinner theater thing where it's an immersive experience. <laughs> to where, yeah, you're right. You could, at the end of it, find yourself so caught up in the story that yeah. you're then weeping at, at the end of it. So, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Somebody needs to approach you before you have children and just explain to you, like, all right, the experience you're about to have <laughs> is a participatory experience. Uh, you it may seem as though the things that are happening are outside of you, but you're interacting with them you're from in now <laughs> until the moment you set foot in the grave. Yeah, yeah. the 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 communication is going to change over time, but you're in Act One at yeah. the moment, and <laughs> there there may be certain points in the dance where it's a dialogue yeah. a dramatic dialogue yes. you know like when you go and see a play and there are those moments where it's just like a solitary figure lit by a spotlight yeah. and they're speaking off into space and yes. then there's a you know and then they yeah. go dark and another yeah. figure is lit and yeah, speaks absolutely. and you're like yeah. and you're like this is so boring <laughs> right. why did i come to this play but in this instance, you're one of the speakers. You're right. <laughs> or I was even imagining it's a it's in in that scenario that soliloquy would be very boring. But if it's a script, like imagine an actor on a stage under a spotlight just screaming and crying uncontrollably, <laughs> you would not be bored by that. You'd you would be, be going, <laughs> "What is happening yeah, right now?" You as the audience member, not even in an immersive environment, you would have to think. Do I? Do we need to do, do we something? Need to do it? And then imagine <laughs> the next spotlight that appears is the seat right behind you, and then that person just like punches you in the head, and just kind of looks at you like what. <laughs> What I want to happen is I want your friends to listen to this episode and all that nonsense that we just talked about. I really want them to be like, yeah, yeah, that yeah. that was the immersive experience. Yeah. So at, 
after eight days of, you know, I mean, like, you've got intensive parenting all day yeah. and just, like, rich experience where we're, like, doing all these different things around Lexington together and having, like, good conversation. Because also, they're they're moving to New Zealand. Okay. Um, in, in January, like, the first yeah. week of January. So, this is kind of it. And then we don't, yeah. you know, they're going to be gone for three years. Yeah. And, uh... So we really had to, you know, we you've got to pack it in. Um, just <laughs> you do, you did. You, there's you, a lot to do, especially this time of year here in, in Lexington. So yeah. So uh, after that eight days, it was like your body just—it's like a finals week yeah. for like friendship, <laughs> where you finish and then your body's like, all right, I'm gonna yeah. die now. <laughs> I was gonna ask. So the question is, did you do you feel like you guys passed the? This is a pass fail. There's no yeah, letter yeah. grade on this. So yeah. yeah, we got an A plus. Yeah, I, I just said there's no letter grade on. This. Well, I mean, it's it feels like something that's not really yours to decide. Yeah, right. That's fair. That's fair. You're you're telling me the story, and I'm trying to judge the story just based on the telling. And I, I apologize. Do we want to talk about it later? <laughs> We'll take this off, Mike. I feel like it's going to get pretty heated. So. It might. It might. If we could have recorded some of the like screaming matches we've had yeah. prior to this. See, what most of you listening think is that Ben and I have a really good relationship, and that is not the case. No. We're, we are audibly living a lie. We, we are. Which is like what most of Hollywood is. It's, yeah. it's just people pretending they enjoy one another. Yeah. Like just or like even like, enjoy like breathing. Right. Every day. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I imagine Hollywood is just like a bunch of people just like tolerating every breath that they have to take because yeah. it's just like so horrible to live their yeah. existence. Which is why we took the more noble profession of doing amateur comedy on a podcast. <laughs> That's right, yeah. But but let's be clear, we still hate each other. Oh, just yeah. Just like yeah. Hollywood, Hollywood I, I really enjoy the rest of my life. But really every moment that I'm sitting here across from Logan, uh, <clears throat> I'm seething with like an unimaginable anger. Yeah. 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 It's quite beautiful, actually. Yeah. And Logan, I think you've described to me the feeling that you have during our podcast sessions is sort of like, like when you have to go to the like when you have to poop really, really yeah, bad. It's, it's the most violent diarrhea I could imagine. You're just holding and, it in, and yeah. it like hurts like yes. deep, deep inside of yes. you. Yes, yeah, it's it's quite miserable, um, and your body is making the <laughs> sound the whole time, yeah. and yeah, it's just yeah. What a terrible experience in like high school. Do you remember that? Like when you'd have to go to the bathroom and you're sitting next to all your classmates and you're just like, and they're like, oh yeah, they're like what is going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're like, I'm, I can't poop at school, right? <laughs> I can't use the toilet to poop in. You don't want everyone at school telling the story of the huge turd in the toilet yeah. and you just walking around with the burden of knowledge, knowing it was yours. Man, I'm just thinking about how well we rounded off this whole segment.
Special thanks to Sunmates for our theme music. Also, a very special thanks to Nick Woods for our logo art. If you'd like to reach out to us, we are now on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for We Took the Liberty on either platform. Thanks for listening.